Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Her name is Kelly McDonald, and she's next. And now, from the legendary Studio B, so you're in Seattle with Gregor. From the University of Washington, a Husky, to Cirque du Soleil, Roosevelt High School, to trapeze and flying through the air, Kelly McDonald is our local star and artist. Performing at Marymore Park this month. Why? Well, because Cirque du Soleil is here. Lucia is the name of the show. Through May 21st, you can see her. It was very strange because there she is performing. I don't know that she's local, and you hear people going crazy for her. And I'm like, well, that was cool, but like, everyone is pretty cool at this. Yeah, well, she's local, you dummy. Huge fan base, lots of support, parents that are proud of her and selling a lot of tickets just on their enthusiasm. We'll find out what it takes to be someone in a circus at that level. I'm, again, I apologize for making you get up so early. No, this is today. great. I love being in Seattle. We have blue skies. Yeah, it's, a, it's, better. it's not bad to have a little bit of, uh, it's been real miserable here. I guess, <laughs> it's I guess, been gray. You guess <laughs> hide under that tent a lot. Then. Exactly. I guess what would have to happen. We bring our own rain too, so. Now you grew up here. I did grow up here. Which is so cool to be back here. This is amazing. Are you staying with your folks? I'm not. I'm staying in <laughs> Redmond because we have shows six days a week, yeah. so it uh, would be a bit of a commute across 520 every day. Sure. But Where's I, home? Where's home? Yeah. By Green Lake. Oh, cool. Really so in Seattle. in the city. Yeah. The, the thing that no one can get to now anymore because it's so exactly. expensive. You have to be <laughs> exactly. Like, you have to be a part of it. You have to be born into it. What, what was your gymnastics school? I know you're a gymnast uh, I started. I started at Seattle Gymnastics Academy, and then I switched to Cascade Elite Gymnastics. Cool. And competed at that club through high school and then was recruited by University of Washington and competed there for four years. Um, Were you happy to stay in Seattle for for UW or did you want to explore the world a little bit? Well, I was really happy. I loved UW. I loved the coaching there. I loved being on campus and still being close to family. But I lived on campus still, so I I moved away. You know, I moved about sure. five minutes away. You just took home and do laundry and do all that. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I I would have my sister come pick up the laundry, actually. <laughs> Even better. That's perfect. Okay, so you go to... I don't know what the arc is for being a gymnast. I don't know if there's like really a long professional career that you can aim to do. Exactly. A lot of people think you peak in your teenage years, which is normally true for gymnastics and for Olympic level or high level competing. So I was fortunate I got to compete past high school and I competed NCAA gymnastics. Cool. And then usually you're done and you get a quote normal job and you continue with your life. And that was my plan. Yeah, you, um, you were studying international business is yes, what I see here. Yes. Uh, I, exactly. Well, so two things then. 
What were you going to do with international business? Business yeah, okay. stuff. <laughs> start a company somewhere internationally? Exactly. I didn't have an exact plan, and I loved getting my education at UW, and I love that I have it, and I can go back to that anytime because I uh, can't always be an acrobat forever. <laughs> so uh, I'm super happy that I got that, and then I um, was able to find the acrobatic career path, and... I fell in love with that all over. So it was different um, than gymnastics, but it used everything I'd learned doing gymnastics my whole life since I was five years old. And I, in essence, got to be drafted like you do in different sports that doesn't happen in gymnastics. So I was able to use my career um, that a lot of people don't get to use and sure. transition and continue to grow with it, continue to learn new things. And I still get to is there, is there any allure to doing international business that you get hooked up with an international circus company like Cirque? Exactly. And I think it can. Cirque is a great company, and there's a lot of opportunities outside of being a performer. And so as I get to know the company, I'm more and more impressed with it. And maybe someday I would transition to different roles. But for now, I'll continue to be on stage as long as I can. Sure. Why not? It's exactly. fun. It, looks, it <laughs> yeah. looks super fun, at least. Thank if, you. If, yeah. if, not, uh, if not a bit dangerous just to keep you awake every exactly. day. Exactly. Keep it exciting. Keep you on your toes. Now, gymnastics to me, watching, for me, it's always the Olympics or something right. like that. It's very precise. So her foot was out of place. That's going to cost her some points. That type of thing. You're exactly. Watch, you're watching people be very precise. Right. And for me, the this type of performing, it's it's a lot more expressive. There's like a, a feeling like you're walking this incredibly fine edge, like on the tippiest of tippy toes. Right. How did you make that transition from the very crisp, very precise nature to something much more? Yeah. Well, in gymnastics, just like you said, you're, the idea is that you're being judged. And so you have judges, you have rules, and you have to stay within those rules, and you have to maximize your points by being perfect at that. And transitioning into performing and being an acrobat and being in shows, like in Lucia and Cirque du Soleil, is that your world opens wide so you have you get rid of those rules and people aren't looking to judge you there they want to be impressed they want they still want you to do things that blow their mind and they want to be either either touched emotionally or surprised and they want you to impress them that way but they're not looking for the rules so it's our job now is to find new ways to do things and new ways to impress you and I feel that on stage too. Whenever I'm on stage is that I get a new audience and I get to do something a little different. I, I'm The goal is not to do the exact same every single time. It's to feel the energy I'm getting to do big tricks, but to do them in a way that tells more of a story instead of following the rules. Also, it feels like there's like a there's a buzz in that room that I'm sure is not in your t- typical gymnastics competition. Absolutely. Yeah, you feel you get this the live music, you get other performers on stage. And I am working with a team now in my act adagio instead of by myself, like in gymnastics, where it's up to you to get the score. So now in Lucia, I get to work all throughout the show with amazing performers and musicians and scenery and all of our props that we get to use that just adds. So you're in a new world and you get to share that world with the audience. And Cirque always nails that. That's like the fun thing about it is you're leaving Redmond for, you know, two hours to enter into something that is like that. It feels very mysterious. Exactly. 
How much of your own performance there with your team, there's four of you, I believe, if I remember yes. correctly, if my notes serve me correctly, you're being tossed around, essentially. I am. That's what it looks like by, by, by three juggling men. Right. And uh, <laughs> you're what they're juggling there. How much, like, who is coordinating that? Who? How much practice goes into that? So it's a lot of hours of practice, and we have um, a whole team behind us. So we had coaches during our creation and choreographers, but... The team in Adagio itself, we had so much to do with creating the act, and we made the skills that we do there, and we decided what we could do together and choreographed a lot of the routine as well. So you have ownership over what you're doing on stage, and you get to feel what your strengths are and what your team's strengths are to create something that's the best that you can all perform together. Well, two things then. One, it makes you into an artist and not just a performer, I would imagine. Exactly. Oh, cool. And you um, you get to continually tweak the act, too, to improve it, and so it feels new. So the audience is seeing a fresh act every time. You don't feel like you get bored or that you're in the routine of doing something. So you are fresh every show for the audience. Now, you mentioned coaches and people that are helping you create this. How many people are responsible for a four-person performance there? Well, you have everybody that's behind the whole show. So there's uh, the director who wrote the script for the show. And so they they had the idea and they knew they wanted four people in this act. And so then you have the conceptors and you have the person who designed the scene. And you have numerous people from before I even was on board with the show who thought of it until after the creative people leave and the people that kind of continue to maintain the show so they're the eyes outside that Hold we on. can't see so you you auditioned in 2015 that's two years ago exactly and this was already in concept way back then yes yeah, so a lot of times to create a show is about a two-year process and so i was involved seven months before the show opened but oh it had my. been in the works much earlier than that how many uh, how many performances have you put in do you think over 400. Okay, so you guys are yeah, we well have oiled the number, by this time. Yeah, exactly. Wow, I can only imagine the the strain that it puts on the bodies. Uh, you are are flying through the air a lot, so your danger yes. is in making sure that some that you're rotating correctly. Someone's catching you. Exactly. But I can only imagine the guys that are catching you. How much stress and strain goes into that? Yeah, and they do a great job of maintaining their conditioning and any um, help they need. We have athletic trainers, and we have people that help us maintain physically what we need to maintain and so that we we know what we're creating too and we know that we have to do up to 10 shows a week and so it's our job as a professional performer to maintain our bodies and our team as we need to to be able to compete or to perform i read you're an understudy for trapeze is there an understudy for you we do have two flyers so we rotate and um that's also to keep the act fresh and so that if something happens we can give the same act every night. Do acts ever get like maybe scrubbed from the from a certain night because somebody's injured or is there always someone to back up? We try to have backups ready for all of the acts and so it's a newer show. We're still working on getting everything backed up, but it's pretty good at trying to cover all of the bases. Where do you learn all this stuff? I, I imagine in some magical spaceship somewhere. Yeah, or something we have like that. magical spaceships. Yeah, yeah, okay, so good. it's hard. To, there's no address for that. No, I'm pretty intuitive <laughs> about these things. I yeah. Get it, yeah, we have uh, the training space we need. All travels with us. So we have the big top is where the stage is and where the audience gets to see the show. And they have the front of house where you'll get your popcorn and all your fun souvenirs. And then behind that, we have an artistic tent where we 
do all of our training. We have gym space. We have rehab space if you need to be training. Um, any recovering from any injuries or some stress. We have our wardrobe department. So everything's taken care of on our site. Wow, that's incredible! I like. I can only imagine how many people are actually out there. I know it takes days to build the tent, like a week or something like right. that. Right? How many people are like kind of buzzing around that we don't see? So we have forty-four artists that travel and about wow. one hundred and fifty crew in total that travel. But then on site, they have local hires that help with the setup and tear down of the tents. You have local people that help with selling tickets and front of house operations. And so there's always in new city, you see fresh faces all the time, depending on where you get your hires from. So it's like a new experience even for us in every city. Oh my God, that's so cool that you're that so much trust goes into all these people Definitely. all doing their jobs correctly. Yeah. And and right. it's very impressive to see how they, they are a well-oiled machine. They know how to take it down, set it up. We have a week between cities, and it's it's like that's where you get your adrenaline, too, to see how the tent is set up in a new city so quickly, and they do a great job every time. In the in the performance or the practice area and your rehearsal area, is there a stage that you're working off of? Is it like a, a... No, so there's no stage. We have training areas, so depending if you're doing a sear wheel and you need a hard floor, there's a hard floor. If you're training some more acrobatic things and you want softer mats we have those and everything can be moved we have the poles that you see in the show we have a big swing that you see in the show all backstage but they're set up in a different orientation than you see on stage how much do you want to visit Mexico or has this ruined Mexico for you? <laughs> no, I am thrilled by the theme of the show. It's inspired by Mexico. Our music is amazing. The colors, the costume, um, all of the inspiration we get from there. And I, I've been to Mexico since I started oh, cool. the show and you see a lot of the inspiration there. I think they did a great job and I would love to go back. Do you get that week in between cities off to get there? Yes. So we have the time between the cities um, to take a break for our bodies. You can travel if you wish. You can go straight to the next city you're going to um, and kind of do a little of touring because once we start the shows, we get pretty busy. Yeah, I imagine doing all these radio interviews. And <laughs> That's right. Now, I had no, I, to be fair, your PR team did a great job, and uh, this is my fault, but I had no idea that we had a local artist performing. Yeah. And, and I saw the show, and then, like, you're flipping through the air, and people are like, it's like extra clapping, and maybe, <laughs> maybe some, or whatever. How does that change the performance when you know that there's that many local people oh, there it cheering is on? like electricity out there. It is so fun. I get excited to show my city and everybody that helped me get into where I'm, I am now. I get to show them what I'm doing, and it's something that I'm really proud of. I'm proud of what we created, and uh, I it's it's such a powerful moment. Um, when I go out on stage and I can hear that support from the city that I love. And uh, each night you feel that energy and it's awesome. Oh, it's fantastic. The, we feel it too, like the opposite from you guys responding Great. to it. It's like really neat to be. And there's not a bad seat in the house. Right, and it's yeah. like it's, It feels so intimate. It's unbelievable how well thought out it is to make that happen. Uh, the, I'll spoil something. I hate to be that <laughs> guy. But at, having lived in the desert myself for a while in northern, to the north of Mexico there in the Sonoran Desert, all of a sudden, rain starts pouring in this yeah. set. Is there an added extra 
element of danger in that? Do you come across that at all? It was definitely something during the creative process that everyone had to adapt to. And so it was learning what you can do in the rain and what you can adjust so that you're doing impressive skills and you are doing it safely, Mm -hmm. where um, the ground might be slippery or your apparatus is getting wet. And so it was a learning curve, but what we're doing out there is safe but still exciting for everybody to see. Have you tried on any of those silverfish heads? I have. I've been a tuna head, and it's, it's great. No can, no peripheral vision, but... <laughs> of course. Yeah. I saw them. I was walking by uh, Nordstrom or something like that, and one of the window displays, there's an ad for Lucia. And as I go by, I'm like, wait a second, I recognize that yeah. bird suit and the fish. <laughs> What's going on here? Exactly. They uh, migrated. I definitely want to try that on. All right. <laughs> um, when you're watching the show... Are you still wowed by it? Are you? Are the other artists still getting you to be like, oh, that was a good one? Absolutely, yeah. So the we don't get to see it from the front ever. So we get to see it from screens backstage, or we get to see people warming up or training new skills, and it's inspiring every day. So we have world record holders in what they do. We have people that are literally the best in the world at what they do. So it's it's easy to be inspired when you're surrounded by that kind of people. That's fantastic. Now, if you could do one other thing, we'll just assume you could learn it in a uh, you know overnight. We could snap and okay. you would know it. What would uh, another act be that you would want to try? I would do the Russian swing, the, the finale. The big Russian swing going back yes, and forth. With I love to fly. Huge so. amount of danger. You go 30 feet in the yeah, air. Yeah, they that. go up to the roof. So oh. I would love to fly like that. That's the one I would say that I would want to do the least, <laughs> personally. Um, and then a final question for now. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to this for the radio. We'll save one for the radio All for right, people that are good. actually listening. Uh, Kelly performing uh, Kelly McDonald, excuse me, performing Adagio. Just one of the like it felt like probably about 20 different acts that happen um, during uh, Lucia the Cirque du Soleil performing right now at the out in Redmond at Marymore Park. So fantastic talking to you. I have no idea how this works, and <laughs> I feel like there's you. a lot of languages being spoken. <laughs> Exactly. A lot of people communicating artistically. Thanks for taking some time to come in and just talk to us and explain it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to So You're in Seattle with Gregor. Follow him on Twitter at HeyGregor. Find more episodes online at SoYou'reInSeattle.com. So You're in Seattle is a burrito butt production. Yeah, you're a good dog, Joe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.